welcome once again to another edition of After Further Review with Mark Ferrer, John Pelkey, Jeff Taylor with us on the day after Championship Sunday, which uh, pretty much lived up to the hype, I think, yesterday. I think everybody no would agree those games were a lot of fun. They're pretty much the teams I think all of us would have liked to have seen. Um, it played out sort of. Uh, even though uh, we both picked Green Bay, Mark, it played out kind of the way we said. We said if there was an upset, we thought Tampa Bay was the most likely team to do that. But I'd like to just take this moment right now because I reviewed the film of our last show. And uh, I, um, I'm i just going to have to take some time and uh, think about, uh, you know, things. It uh, hurts a lot right now. It's uh, it's very painful having seen that film. Um and I just, I may have to move on and uh, search for a free agent contract somewhere, Mark. I don't know, undisputed, uh, maybe uh, maybe the herd. I don't know, just somewhere. All right, let's unpack what, this. What, what happened? Let, let's, uh, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm parroting Aaron Rodgers and now the idea that Aaron Rodgers will not be a Green Bay Packer. Uh, but... Uh, one and a thousand, Mark. These are the numbers you can choose yeah, between that, one those, and a thousand. Uh, a thousand being leaving. he's definitely leaving. One being there's one tenth of a percentage chance that he leaves. What percentage chance do you think that Aaron Rodgers leaves the Green Bay Packers? I would say your initial thing, one in a thousand. <laughs> you said one or a thousand. I would say one in one thousand. Yeah, so one tenth of one percent. percent. Yes, something like that. I just there's no way. There's I, absolutely no way. Got to give him credit. You got to give Rodgers credit. You know, and I'm an Aaron Rodgers He's fan. He's a bit of a drama queen. He is, and he understands. You know, we talked about, we've talked about, and I don't want to get too political, but the, the genius of Donald Trump was he knew how to, to grab the narrative. And after all of that yesterday, the narrative, the biggest, most discussed narrative is, wow, it's Aaron Rodgers. Man, he'd look good. And he's a Northern California kid. He'd look at, by the way, Mark, every I know, they're quarterback, Niners, it's the not- Niners, every single <laughs> quarterback. I'm I'm game, and I know I have read that Lynch and Shanahan last year they they considered Tom Brady. You yeah, know, no, it, that it, meant, yeah, but we knew what, Brady was leaving. Uh, yeah, well, I mean it's, it's what Harbaugh did with Alex Smith after the first year they went to the championship game, only lost because their punt returner muffed two, not one, but two punts. <laughs> I've forgotten that. Uh, and and so Alex Smith had 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 all that success, had that great game against the Saints in the postseason. And Harbaugh's throwing balls with uh, Peyton Manning that offseason because right. that's when Peyton Manning was looking around for another team. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to upgrade no matter right. how high, no matter how much you like who's ever in their current position. No, I just think it, I just think it's interesting because yeah. uh, every, uh, one Garoppolo, of them goes, every one of them goes there. I know. And Garoppolo, uh, who I think has has performed very well at times and there's a level of inconsistency there, but how many snaps at this point? And I, I think, you know, again, I'm, 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 I'm a believer in that sort of bird in the hand is that yes, at this point, Niners fans are like, uh, we'll take the field versus Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's like, well, now you have to no, insert a name at some at point. and certainly Aaron Rodgers, but obviously if Aaron Rodgers is available, if you are the Buffalo Bills, you look at the pop. You know what I mean? It's just he's Aaron friggin' Rodgers. Yeah, or if you're the Seattle Seahawks. Sure, exactly. Well, just they just uh, flip-flop, just switch. Because, yeah. you know, they have a history of sending quarterbacks to to uh, to one another yeah. or back Matt and forth. Hasselbeck, right? Wasn't he, uh, didn't he? No. He maybe was not. a backup quarterback for them, and they, t- they took uh, the LeFleur kid who uh, – 
I, remember uh, they not, signed him to a big Matt, contract? Matt Flynn, right? Matt, Matt Flynn. Flynn. Matt LaFlynn. Yeah. I don't know. Matt, all the names Matt LaFlynn, yes. <laughs> Matt LaFlynn. But, they, uh, they made him drop the law at Ellis Island, his family. <laughs> right, of course, because, uh, you know. It's, it's too foreign-sounding. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, obviously you would entertain if that's the situation. But it's just oh, funny because Matthew Stafford, prior to the games yesterday, now Matthew Stafford, because I guess he's made – an actual decision that he will be moving on. And I think that makes sense for Stafford and the Lions, clearly. I agree. Uh, talk about a guy who has toiled in obscurity and I think has played really, really well through the vast majority of his career and really deserves to go someplace where he has a better chance of succeeding. But I just think it's funny. And Aaron Rodgers, again, I'll go back to Aaron Rodgers. Talk about being able to steal the narrative and to steal it away from like three narratives, which is. Yeah. You know, Mahomes and the Chiefs, maybe they can flip a switch. And, you know, you were saying yesterday, they're just unbeatable. Why even play the Super Bowl? Um, the, the 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 Brady story, certainly a remarkable story. Oh, by the way, just stuff everywhere. And all we're discussing is, wow, I wonder if Aaron Rodgers is going to leave the Green Bay Packers. So anyway, this most good. No, this that's good. That That's really the true mission of this show, John Pelkey and Jeff. That's the mission. It's after further review. We look at what the narratives are and we deem them nonsensical or worthy of further discussion. I, you know, I, and if I were on one of these national shows, first of all, uh, I would, I would I'd be nice to have a steady, huge paycheck like that coming in. But I would, I would have said this, and I promise you, I would have said this. I would have said, we'll discuss that when it actually becomes something approaching a reality. But outside of that, we can talk about, and we're going to, about the Packers yesterday, some of the decisions that were made, the the level of frustration that you saw from Aaron Rodgers is completely palpable. I completely understand that, but man, he is master at getting at stirring up that uh, that uh, just that discussion he's that keeps queen. him. He's he really a drama queen, and I and I mean that actually kind of in a positive way. I, I think no, why not? A, oh, I do too. I mean, he he knows how to how to rile up the drama. He. He just knows how to do it. He's that guy. He gets it. You know what I mean? You know, he and Olivia Munn were the perfect couple back oh, in the day. Man, I she any couple she's in is perfect. I it's know, so true. Goodness. She she Holy she bends cow. the curve. She Damn. can date. I have some. I'm a follower of hers on Instagram, and it's very worth it. She can date <laughs> Stephen Miller. That ooh lizard. yikes! That is that, that, that is that really horrific pushing. lizard of a human being, and it'd still be ah, you know. Stephen, uh, they're coming over, and we should probably be cool. It would, it would make it would make people like you and I, John, reconsider some of his political philosophies. Absolutely, like if, <laughs> yes, yes. Like Olivia Munn is involved. Her, if Olivia Munn right. is involved, um, now Lenny is chiming in that there's no way Rodgers can leave. The Packers would take an unavoidable cap hit. Should be pointed out that he needs to be referred to as Green Bay fan. Lenny uh, feels that way. Uh, but uh, I, I I agree with that. So we're not going to talk about that anymore. So let's 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 get down to brass tacks and talk about why he was so frustrated. Obviously, first time he's had an NFC Championship game at home. I think most of us expected we did on this show that uh, they would take care of business, and they didn't. Um, your initial uh, impressions of that game, Mark. Um, obviously, three Tom the three Tom Brady interceptions. I, I do think I, I just need to say this going into that is that not all interceptions are weighted the same. Are equal. And yes, tossing up a punt like interception when you're under pressure uh, is different than you know just 
missing a throw or throwing to a man. And one was off the hands of Mike Evans. It was a little high, but it was a catchable ball. He was a little bit, he he was overthrowing a little bit yesterday. He seemed to be up in the air with those throws. But yeah, Mike and Mike Evans dropped a couple of balls that, you know, if you want to be an elite wide receiver in this league, Mark, you have to make things other than just the easy catch. They don't have to be all be circus catches. But Mike Evans had a couple of catches there that uh, the complexion of that game would have looked very, very different had he made those catches. There's and, no doubt and, about it. and Godwin missed missed one too, and then got a couple of clutch ones later. That's that's the first impression. Is well, the the very first impression is that I mean, Green Bay outplayed them. Yeah, most again. of the day. This is Buffalo and um, Baltimore. How they, we've seen games in these playoffs? Played them and. That second half was ridiculous how dominating Green Bay was over Tampa Bay once Tampa got up 28-10. Uh, three straight possessions ending in a Tom Brady interception. You don't often say that, if right. ever. Right. And um, and yet, at the same time, you think about what it could have been. It could have been 35-10, perhaps, or something like that, if, if, if Evans would have caught the balls he dropped. If Godwin would, I think there were at least five or six drops that Tampa had. Uh, but I love the fact that they drop balls in key situations and are able to come back. You know what I mean? Are able to bounce back and forget it. Tom, it's it's that shooter's mentality that obviously mm-hmm. Tom Brady has because he had thrown three straight interceptions. And I think the very next possession he had, if not maybe one after that, is is the possession that kept, you know you know that was the possession that ended the game that ne- yeah. they never gave the ball back to Green right. Bay and that and, brings. And that, of course, brings up the decision to kick the field goal uh, that was made as opposed to, I think, what is around a couple of minutes left, a little over two minutes left, two, two thirty-eight, something like that. They still had three timeouts, did the Packers. Um, uh, Mount talked about the the fact that it was, you know, I, I was looking at we would get the ball back with, you know, maybe a minute or so with four possible timeouts, including two-minute um the two-minute uh, warning. They had stuffed Tampa Bay. That defense, they had, had stuffed them in the second half. They had very much. He also made the point, and I thought this was a good, uh, actually a good point, though. I, I, again, I think probably in that situation, I, it's easy with benefit of hindsight, but I will say uh, quite honestly, and you know I'll admit my faults on this show, I was at the time saying, why would you kick the field goal? That makes no sense because if you're talking about your defense – you got them down here. You're going to get good field position with still all of that time left um, in, in any case. But he did bring up the point that they the three straight plays, they really hadn't gained a yard. So things weren't necessarily working. I think the biggest criticism uh, has to be, and there was a, 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 he admitted this in the postgame press conference, was there wasn't good communication with Aaron Rodgers because on that third down play that Rodgers tried to force a pass to the goal line, he seemed to have a lot of open field in front of him. Now, players are much faster than we give them credit for at times. What looks like open field, it doesn't necessarily mean that Rodgers would have scored, but it looks like he would have at least gotten down to maybe, maybe let's say, worst-case scenario, the two or so. And then on your fourth down, now you have a really short field to deal with. Um it was admitted that Rodgers didn't know that they wouldn't go forward on fourth down, whether or not that decision had been made ahead of time. But I think that's where the criticism falls in. The idea of kicking the field goal and where that put you mathematically and where you thought you'd be because of the way your defense had been playing is there's a level of validity to that. Um, I don't know if that's overweighed by the fact that you have Aaron Rodgers and 
if you play out the scenario that I just talked about and you don't score, you're probably going to get the football back in good field position, still only down one possession. Um, yeah. But I, I, I it's, but it's uh, making the, it's making the two point conversion as well. It and, is. But but all that said, John, I was surprised, too. I think most people were surprised yeah. when the field goal unit came out. I thought I, I thought for sure it was four down territory, the yeah. whole thing. And you're right about Aaron Rodgers with that. But, you know, a, a player that misses a play here or there, you know, of his caliber. You know, it, we we can obviously. Pick it's just it. the mindset that he has going in if he knows it's not four down territory. It seems like, and yeah. again, Aaron's a bit of a you know a drama queen, and there is a little bit of deflecting uh, uh, when there's a level of criticism. But certainly, if you are a quarterback in that situation and you go, "We've got four plays to get here," or we have three, your your mindset's going. You're going to be thinking differently. Throwing a ball away if you think you have another down makes more sense in that situation. Well, and another thing that uh, maybe the national media hasn't criticized him, but Jeff and I were talking about this. I'm going to give Jeff the full credit on this one. A.J. Dillon, the, you're talking about Dillon, right, uh, Jeff? The, yeah, the A.J. Dillon. That, mm-hmm. that, that looks like Earl Campbell out yes. there. You saw some of those <laughs> runs. Oh, my God, yeah. It was Earl Campbell out yeah. there, and they didn't go to him. They went to, you know, they went to Williams, uh uh, who was Jamal. getting stood up anytime he tried to run up the middle where yeah. Dylan would run up the middle and take three guys with him five yards. And he's more of like a running back like Jones is who was hurt on the sideline um, at basically at the top of the second half. I mean, I, you know, they were in trouble when they got down 28, 10 and they're starting running back. Aaron Jones was, was out essentially. Mm-hmm. And I knew though, I told uh, Neil Candelore, my son-in-law, I told him uh, green Bay's in trouble. But there's still two full quarters left, yeah. and it would not surprise me if the, the Packers won this game. And sure enough, they scored two relatively quick touchdowns. The other thing you have to think about, though, John, is that, yes, the Tampa offense had been stuffed in the second half. Yes, there were three straight possessions of an interception by Tom Brady. But <laughs> it's, two, it's, it's two minutes left in the game, and you're going to give the ball to Tom Brady and expect that you're going to get off the field quickly. Right. And that is not necessarily historically accurate thinking with yeah. Tom Brady. Yeah, you know, I think that's the thing. Tom is Brady. You, you know, the analytics, and I think analytics are smart, and I think there are a lot of, uh, a, a lot of instances where in, in the initial blush, you look at it and go, well, this makes no sense whatsoever. But then on further review of the statistics, after further review of the statistics uh, involved, that it, you know, it makes a little more sense. Now, Lenny pointing out that all the analytics went against this, and I get it. But my point is, in addition to the analytics, to your point, Mark, is you have to turn around. I ask golfers this all the time. When you're behind in a tournament, do you play differently if you look up on the scoreboard and you see that, Phil Mickelson's ahead of you or Tiger Woods as opposed to Stuart Sink or, you know, no offense to Stuart Sink, but let's be honest here. And they do, you know, they do admit that there are times when you look up and you go, this guy's going to remain aggressive. I can't just settle par, par, par and hope for a mistake. And I think you look over and you see Tom Brady and you think two minutes and you just go, all right, there is some evidence. He's going to find a way. Right. But Worst case scenario right now, I get him, uh, if we don't move the ball any further, I get him from like the eight, it, nine, you know, it's it just seems like the preponderance of the evidence would have said, let's take a chance here. Um, 
the other thing about the two-point conversion mark is if you score the touchdown on that and you only get six, now you're a field goal away from winning the game. So you are your defense now pulls off the stop. You only have to pick up, you know, a 40 yards, 35 yards, and you're in field goal position. But uh, that'll be endlessly debated. But that said, uh, boy, the the you've got home field advantage with fans, and they sounded pretty damn loud. Now, I'm sure you'll accuse them of pumping in sound, Mark. Is, 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 no, well, they were banging whatever they had. They, yeah. they were given something. They are banging it on the uh, on the you know bleachers. In an NFC. Little annoying. Yeah. What does it remind me of? That damn thing the Angels had? Those, oh, those the thunder sticks. sticks. Oh, God in heaven. I couldn't even hear those when I'd watch a game. And you, you were just obsessed with how horrible that was. You just oh. hate fans. Yeah, COVID's perfect for Mark. Gets rid yeah. of the one thing in sports he cannot stand. It's true. It's true. Uh, no, I, I told you I was. Dep- I mean, I understand. I understand why you would think that. I do, based on a lot of things I've said. But remember what I said. I led. I led off with this when we first saw spring training or spring summer training for baseball was um, how depressed it looked. Yeah, how depressed I was watching it, and I liked. You know, and that's probably the best solution is just cardboard cutouts. <laughs> Just put in cardboard cutouts. I'll be fine. I won't be depressed, and the fans won't annoy me. You know, much overlooked, the Green Bay Packers had a a chance to steal victory out of the jaws of defeat, and I feel like there's a staff member there that missed an opportunity to really put it to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's the woman who was working in the stands when Tom Brady ran over and asked if he could talk to his son. If I'm the person that works in their stadium, the answer is no. Sorry. No. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Brady. And you he are not speak to his son. No. Speaking then- of Tom Brady, that's the thing. That's the difference between these two teams, even with Aaron Rodgers, I would say, because, yes, they had home home field advantage. Yes, they were loud. Nine thousand fans were very loud. I, Green Bay has a better roster. I think everyone agrees they might even be the, more complete than than uh, Kansas City to some on some level in terms yep. of every level being very solid. And um, and they did dominate them completely in the second half. But you had Tom Brady making the plays when he had to. I mean, if if you recall that end of that half, John, Aaron Rodgers was on was on I think the fifty yard line. He was on the 50-yard line driving. There were 40 seconds left in the game, whatever it was, driving for a, the, a go-ahead touchdown or at least another field goal to make it 14-13. They were, they were in a possession. They were driving, and they could have taken the lead. And 40 seconds later, they're down by 11. Yeah. And that's all Tom Brady. Yeah. That is all Tom Brady making those clutch plays when he had to. What was he, six of six on third down Yeah, at the top of the game? Yeah, I think it's, that's – and everybody's focusing on the three interceptions. But like I said, I mean, interceptions, as we know, are not all worth the same amount. I mean, there are ones that are obviously quarterback-centric. And you're right about Brady, too. You watch him, and he's a fiery guy. But you never get from him, even in those games when we saw we talked about those giant Super Bowls and times when you can get pressure up the middle and you rattle him. It doesn't seem like it's not as if he's remembering the last play and, and brooding about it. It's you've sped up his process because you're getting pressure on him, whereas you see guys, elite level guys that things start going wrong and and you just can tell from their uh from their countenance that they're still thinking about that 
you know, thinking of Pat Brady's thinking in terms of how do I counteract this where other guys are thinking about, and this is, this is normal. And when I was a million years ago to high school, you know, if I dropped a pass, I just, all I think about for the rest of the game, didn't have the shooter's mentality. And he, he really does as much or more than anybody that we've ever seen. It's the Joe Montana thing. And the John yeah. Unitas, the guys who just don't allow, they can get fiery and get, but they don't allow that emotional thing to really creep into their mindset that we can still get this job done. And that was it. And I, I'm, I'm like you, I, I, there was never a point in that game after Tampa Bay went up. There was a point where I was like, Green Bay can come back, but I never thought they would. I just never thought Brady would allow it. Well, that's Frankly. exactly what happened. He had he had a first half for the ages. Yeah, he was six for six on third down. He had three touchdown passes or two or two with with uh, three great drive. Yeah, two I think because Fournette had the one in the first half, but he was almost perfect in that first half. And all he needed to do, to your point, John, in the second half, was even with three interceptions on three possessions, was hold on to the ball with two minutes left, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, I thought he had a great game. Yeah, in the middle there, you know, but but focusing on that misses the picture. Focusing on those interceptions makes me think you didn't watch the game. Right. Well, that you know, that's if you look back at some of the guys that were our, our hero quarterbacks, like Sonny Jurgensen, those guys threw interceptions. Guys, you know, for me, Jurgensen, and you look back at Brody uh, sure. back in your. I mean, those guys threw. You look at the number; they threw interceptions because yeah. they're you know there was much more of a gambler's sort of feel to their game than there is. You know, wasn't quite as wasn't high percentage as many high percentage uh, patterns and so forth. Right, either. but you know, it was about staying. Let's stay aggressive. Let's do the things that we know work you can't you've had a turnover in the last possession you can't allow that to have anything to do with this possession other than if it happened because you didn't have good protection you you change that but uh i think we forgot though going into this weekend we both picked green bay and we just forgot the tampa connection that tampa in this year of 2020 2021 tampa is gonna get there now whether or not they win i mean obviously the rays didn't but they were they made that surprise they, run there. A little they bit like did. the and, Bucks. And they made it they made uh it somewhat of a series. It went six. It, yeah, no, they were game. Uh, and um, but I feel like that's how this is gonna be. You know, the Lightning were the best team, so they won. Yeah. Tampa Bay uh Rays were not the best team. No, they and weren't. So they didn't they but they got there. But they were playing as well as anybody at the end of the season. And I think that and could so be said Tampa, yeah. that could be said for the Buccaneers too. There were large swaths of periods of time, Mark, where we weren't talking about them being the two or three best teams in the NFC. You know, we the New Orleans was the best team in the NFC for a while. And Seattle for a while. Green Bay, Seattle was for a while. We Green thought Bay, once obviously. the Rams had got on track and were putting it together. I mean, they're in the discussion. Uh, and uh, the Buccaneers sort of did a, a little bit like, now obviously with Brady, that's a little different, but a little bit like the Rays that when push came to shove and in these games that they had to win, they put it together. Um, three road games, by the way. Three road games. Uh, but they get to play at home now. And of course. And their record isn't as good at home. No. As it is on the road this year. But of course Tom Brady becomes the first quarterback to play in, in a home stadium. You know, it. one of the things that a year ago we, you know, well, at least Brady will never be that guy. Well, now he's that guy as well. He, anything, any good thing about NFL football, NFL quarterbacking, NFL leadership, any good thing about it, he is now that guy. Yeah. He's that guy for everything. This is his 10th Super Bowl. That was his 14th championship game. 
in 21 seasons. That means two out of every three seasons he right. gets to the championship game. Right. That well, is unfathomable. He's the Lakers and Celtics all rolled into one. He he really is. You know? He he's really ubiquitous is. in championships. He it's it's unbelievable. And uh I, you know that it was just a, a great, great performance. There's no doubt about it. Great and uh Lenny and, pointing and, out and, yeah, Terry, we have to get, I just want to say Lenny pointing out Terry Bratch on the playoffs, 30 touchdowns, 26 interceptions. And that, you know, that is kind of the hallmark of what it was like uh, back in those days. And he kind of has that, you know, Brady is that, that guy who you feel like he, 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 despite all of the, you know, the stories about the, uh, the, the, how he takes care of himself and the avocado ice cream and that he's never, you know, no sugar is ever passed his lips. He still has that feel of one of those old school guys that when it gets, when when it's the the toughest when things are uh seemingly most up against it you know win one for the gipper he just settles into that in that level level of competitive spirit uh is just it, it is remarkable and love him or hate him you, you, you can't i just don't think anybody else can be in the discussion now for the greatest because joe montana did have success with another team but he couldn't yeah. get past the AFC championship game. I don't, I don't think, I think that discussion has been settled. Right. And I, you know, for, for a few years now, but that's, that's just me. And I'm a Montana loyalist, obviously. Of course, and, yeah. uh, and and so I, I believe I have credibility uh, deeming him the goat. And I've done that for the last five years. We do have to mention, and Lenny brought this up too, the Bucks defense. I was very impressed with Bowles's scheme. Todd Bowles. He knows what he's they, doing. They sacked him five times and got a yeah. pick. Like nope. what have they? They they had three picks and eight sacks against him this year. Yeah. That's amazing considering the kind of success Aaron Rodgers had against the rest of the league all year long. I think I was worried about the Bucks defense because they're weak on the back end, and both of their starting safeties, oh by the way, are out. Mm-hmm. The, se- uh, the second uh, one got hurt, uh, and you know that's <laughs> you have both your safeties, you have backups playing both, but safety positions and against you're already not great. Yeah. Against Aaron Rodgers. Right. And they, and they figured it out. They yeah. No, Todd Bowles deserves a lot of credit because, and people talked about that. I mean, he, you know, he recognized that all the success that they had against green Bay early in the season, he couldn't do the same things. There's no way you're going to fool Aaron Rodgers or confuse him back on back to back games. And he was able to come up with something else. Those guys played, uh, well above their head. It's just, you know, you watch that team, Mark, through this run and through the end of the season. And these guys who, you know, they didn't know Brady and he didn't know the people around him. But I, I just think you you get the sense of the building of the confidence of that team. And that's why I'm not as easy to dismiss them for Super Bowl Sunday as you are. All right. Let's uh, so let's switch. to the. Other. I, I want to say one thing now. Yeah. Uh, the only black mark on his record, according to Lenny, is his record against Peyton Manning. I know he lost a couple championship games. He beat him in a championship game, though, as yeah. well, and beat him in many playoff games. I just looked it up. They met met each other 17 times, and Brady's 11-6, and six, so I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Not I'm, sure. I'm, not, I'm not buying that. Peyton Manning, uh, the ultimate compiler. Um, <laughs> not, a, not a top five quarterback during yeah. his era. I'm always going to argue that, you know. He was, you know, he's kind of like a flashier Ryan Fitzpatrick in my mind. Uh, that that's you know, and and not as and, smart either. And, well, and Fitzpatrick is smarter and uh, and more uh, well, clearly more virile uh, than just about anybody not named Philip Rivers. Um, 
All right, so let's uh, let's switch to the to the second game, which played out essentially as we all assumed it would. Getting the text early on, and I full disclosure, I was recording the beginning of that game and watching uh, an episode of uh, Your Honor, uh, so I could fast forward and catch up later. So I wasn't paying attention, but I but I know I went back and looked at the text after. Right? Oh, okay, they're up. They're up nine to nothing. Kansas City can 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 dial in now and play. Has them right. They had them right where they want them, and That's it really seems to be uh, what they can do. Certainly, Mahomes bouncing back did not have a great game. Um, hasn't had a great game for a while, actually. A few weeks. He um, obviously with injury issues didn't look like the toe was bothering him too much yesterday. And I just can't wait till we get Derek Abbott on again to talk about it. Those once again, those off schedule, you know, running parallel to the line. Changing his arm angle, darts to pick up third and five, six, 11. It was just all in evidence. And I understand where you're coming from, Mark, because you look at that as good as Todd Bowles is. And you just look at it and go, if the first thing we try to do doesn't work, which is, you know, get pressure up the middle and force it, if that doesn't work, it's we're so much worse off than we would be with anybody else because he, he, and, and you know, Allen was a little bit like this as well, but I think we saw that the rookie quarterback still has a little seasoning to do. Um, he's better off schedule than he is on schedule. The unicorn as Derek Abbott calls him. And I think we saw all of that yesterday. Well, what's interesting is that um, the biggest uh, advantage, let's put it this way, that a lot of people were talking about going in that the Bills had. The biggest advantage was their red zone defense, mm-hmm. which was the best part of their defense because they have exceptional safeties. And mm-hmm. when it's all bunched up like that. Right. They're uh, a bend-don't-break sort of defense. You can put some yardage up against You them. can. twenty Between the 20s, they, they've they given the up a lot. But yeah. they were a great red zone defense. And the Chiefs were not a great red zone offense. If you looked at them against Cleveland, you know, and against a lot of the other teams as they finished their schedule out uh, in the regular season, they uh, they got a lot of field goals as opposed to touchdowns. Well, it cuts down on that improv. There's not as much room for those wide receivers to find when he's improving. You know, it, it does. It speeds up everything. So it really makes sense when you think about what type of offense. It, it does. And, and I thought this is this is the advantage the Buffalo has going in. And this is the sort of the one advantage they have. And uh, sure enough, to the Chiefs narrative, which is essentially rise to the level of your competition, they had five red zone touchdowns yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, they just it doesn't matter what narrative. It doesn't matter what weakness you're going to try to exploit. You know, the Bills gave up five red zone touchdowns and the Chiefs scored five red zone touchdowns, totally opposite of the trends that had been happening the last half of the season. Right, right. Yeah, I'm just I saying just, they're just – you can't beat – you just can't beat the Chiefs. You just can't beat them. They're not going to be beaten. They're like the Dodgers. They're like the Dodgers, and they're like the Lakers. They're well, the best team. Let me just say and, this. You know, I know 2020, we're seeing that. That's essentially what we're seeing, the best team and a team from Tampa. That's how things work out uh, this year. Um, or Florida. Or Florida because Miami right. got to the finals as that's well. That's a good so point. Basically, that's a- Florida, Florida's putting up a fight, but the best teams still win. All right. Fair enough. Much like the election. Um, we uh, Here's the thing, though, and I want to say this about that. The Dodgers were the best team a number of times, and they didn't get it done this year. But no, I, I think it's we agree. It's, it's chalkier, Johnny. 
It, it yeah. has to do with this year. It has nothing to do with the fact that the best. But what about Brady? Win. What about the extra added? You know, the the, the Brady. That's why he, he, the, the extra added factor got them past a team that was a better team than they were, and they were playing in their stadium with their noisy fans. Right. And, uh, you know, Bruce Arians isn't necessarily this genius coach. You, you know what I mean? No, I think Bruce Arians' best – I think some of his best coaching were this year uh, towards mid-3A through the year. And, again, we, remember, we didn't have the regular offseason. They they signed a free agent quarterback that they didn't have as much time to work with and all those things, so it was always going to be a bit of a work in progress. I'm sure we could go back and listen to shows that we did in September talking about, you know, because I, I think we all thought – Brady's going to come out of the gate. Um, he'll have games where he looks great. When he doesn't, we're all going to talk about how it was a bad choice to get him, blah, blah, blah. But by the end of the season, he'll have it figured out, and they'll be running a little bit more uh, like a well-oiled machine. But I think what Bruce Arians realized midway through was that, and we talked with Derek Abbott about this, you can have a system all you want, but you have to be flexible enough to take the pieces that you're given um, and uh, and adapt, and he, he really did. They're running a hybrid of a Bruce Arians offense, which has often made mediocre quarterbacks look better. I think we would all agree. I think he's Absolutely. really good at that sort of thing. But now he has this elite quarterback who's a different thing for him, and it took him a while to figure that out, but I think they certainly have it figured out at this point. So I think it was a good, a really good coaching job by Bruce Arians when push came no, to shove. And I agree, and, and I think that we saw something on the game yesterday. They were talking about Bruce Arians' interview uh, saying, yeah, at some point I just decided to let him coach, <laughs> to let Tom Brady coach. I'm just going to let him coach. We said it de facto offensive coordinator. He's also that guy. Tom right. Brady is that guy for anything you want to talk about when it comes to quarterback. And I think, but I, I think also Brady, I think Brady is open for coaching. I think Brady, if you are scheming up things that are interesting and, and, and that's something that Bruce Arians can do, if you're coming up with some schemes and things that, that, that'll work, Brady's open for that. I just think he's been around so much that he's got the veto power, you know, where he like the superpowers and he can look at it and go, this doesn't play to what I'm seeing right now. And I do think there is a point on the football field with the quarterback uh, where you have to trust a guy and what he's seeing, because he's what he's seeing is unique to what everyone else is seeing and what he's feeling. Um, it, it's why it's the most important position in any sport, because he has the ball in his hands every single time. And he's got pre-snap uh, and, and post-snap responsibilities for recognizing things and making decisions that I think are greater than any other position in sports. And I think Brady is as good at that as anyone. And, and that's one of the reasons why they won yesterday. It's the main reason why they won yesterday. They shouldn't have won yesterday. They were not the better team, I don't no, think. No. And, and they weren't the better team yesterday either mm. in a lot of ways. But he made the plays when he had to make them. He made every play when he had to make them. They got the short and, field. They score a touchdown. They don't settle for a field goal. And how many times have we seen that with a turnover during these playoffs where a team will get a shorter field and have to settle for the field goal? And he didn't have to. I think there were three turnovers and they made 21 points. off. Yeah. I mean, it's just pretty remarkable. So that is what's happening there. I think that's got him to the championship game. I don't think the Brady magic, while it may keep them in the game. Remember, Tampa Bay brought that. Series to six. And remember, remember that game four that was so exciting. Oh, that gosh, they won yes. the last second and, and it got it to two to two. And, you know, there, there may be, you know, they may, they may be close at half. They may be up by a little bit at half. You know, they may have, they will make it interesting. But, uh, 
I'm sorry. They're the best team in twenty in, in this year of chalk, and every single sport has gone that way. Every single one. Mm-hmm. They're just the best team, Johnny. There's no way anyone's going to beat them. No way. Man, I feel like There's I need to no make way. a bet with you on that. I feel like I make a bet with you on that because uh-huh. while, while in every way I, I hear I know, what I'm you're so saying. I'm so certain. I hear what you're saying, but I'm just, you know, certainty. Uh, you, you've got no faith, Mark. You've lost your faith because certainty is the enemy of True. faith. you got no it faith is. anymore. <laughs> you, you, I have none. You, and what happens when we start being strict constructionalists and we fall into certainty that things things yeah. might go might go a little wrong here? I, no, I just I agree. I agree. Certainty is never a good thing. It's funny. Back in uh, what what was it? Two thousand one, when we were all much younger, much smarter men. This whole conversation was exactly the same with the great yeah. show on turf. Yeah, there is no way. The That's New England point. can beat them. They're the best team. They've got everything. They're going to beat I, them. I was, I, I was leading that pack, Jeff. Yeah. I oh. remember being so – because I hated the Rams for obvious reasons. Yeah. Hated them more than the Seahawks then for obvious reasons. Seahawks weren't even in the division yet. <laughs> uh, I hated them. Hated the fact that they were so good. And wanted Pittsburgh. Remember, Pittsburgh was very strong that year. And somehow the – Patriots go into Pittsburgh. Yep. Special teams. And, and beat them in Pittsburgh. And I thought, oh, gosh, this is going to be a blowout. And even John Madden, if you remember this, at the end of the game, there's like a minute left. Take a knee. Yeah, take a knee. Take a knee. Get to overtime. Get to overtime. And there's Brady matriculating down the field. Yeah, he had that needed a field goal to win it. But, oh, well, who cares? Yeah. Good, good call, Jeff. I mean, that's not a bad comparison, but it's 2020. That's the problem. <laughs> well, it's 2021. It is yeah. 2021, but it's the. But I will. I will say this. It still feels like 2020 in a lot of ways. I, I, I did pretty, exception. I, I did pretty good on that Super Bowl because I took the New England Patriots and I won a decent amount of money on them. Yeah. How much do you think you won? That, it's uh, 20 years ago, so who cares? It's a five grand. Wow. It, it was more like 4,200, but I'll round it up. Yeah, well, you can because it probably has f- at least five grand worth of purchasing power in 2021. Yeah. Oh, so that's easy. That's, yeah. yeah, easy, so not, a- not six or seven. Yeah, you're right. So that's that's a lot of money, dude. Well done. Yeah, yeah you know the uh, the I I lived in St. Louis and I liked that St. Louis Rams team. I just felt like this kid looked like he could win, and I guess I knew the future of the next uh, 20 years of well the, the NFL. Is- the difference is now, I think, yeah, I think the, the Rams were thinking he'd take a knee as well. The difference is now we all know Tom Brady, and there's no way anybody is ever going to feel if, you know, that uh, any lead is safe. Um, so I don't think they'd play quite as soft against him now. But it is it is a really, really good point because that did seem like a fait accompli as well. Um that this just, I, you know, I, I, I understand. Patrick Mahomes was six years old, by the way, watching that Super Bowl. Saw, saw a picture. There is a picture that six I think Mahomes said last uh, when Tom won his first Super Bowl. His picture of Brady, you know, accepting the Super Bowl trophy, the fate, one of those iconic pictures, and it's uh, like a Pop Warner picture of of Patrick Mahomes. This is the largest uh, age difference between quarterbacks in the Super Bowl uh, championship quarterbacks in in the Super Bowl era. Um, it's, it is as much as I wanted to see Green Bay and Kansas City, because I love the history of Super Bowl one. And sure. we would, you know, there are Jerry Kramer, who we interviewed years and years ago, Mark on the radio show is just great 
always a good guy to talk to. Um, you, you know, you'd see Lynn Dawson pop up on Inside the NFL again and all of those great things. This is really with the storylines. I mean, this is it. The goat and what everybody's calling the baby goat. And uh, the the differences in these two teams, again, I, you know, I, I argued against Kansas City all year because teams don't repeat. Just it just doesn't happen that often. Um, this is the one with the with the best storylines in my mind. Uh, sorry, Lenny Green Bay. It's it's that's a great storyline as well. But uh, this is the one. And you know who doesn't want to see? I mean, this is not Unitas and Namath. Uh, that game, obviously, Super Bowl three played out differently, and Namath wasn't uh, Unitas wasn't the starter. But that's what you're looking at. You're looking at, you know, the the guy who was considered the best at that time and the guy who is the heir apparent to that and does it in a very, very yeah. different way. And I and I think the last team that repeated, the last team that repeated, John, were the New England Patriots in 03 and 04. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, prior to that were the Denver Broncos in 97 and 98, but 03 and 04. So the last team that did it, you know, it was 17 years ago. And uh, there's the quarterback on the field. And didn't he win that uh, second so yeah, one against the Andy, lines are great. And he won that second one against an Andy Reid coached Philadelphia Eagles team. Well, exactly. I mean, they're so storyline after story. Stuff, but I think it all lines up. It all just like it lined up last year for Andy Reid to win his first. Blah blah. blah. I I look for I look forward to uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl and Tom Brady in the post game interview saying I'm going to Disney World and I retire. <laughs> I, I, it, okay, that's a there's a good question, and I was wanted to work into a few hypothetical questions uh, because um, I want to get back to talk about the Buffalo Bills just just briefly um, and where they go from here. Um, if Brady were to win. Who, who who actually thinks that he would retire? I don't know, boy. I, if if he wants dramatic. to, if he wants to put a big red ribbon on his career, he does. But I don't think he will. I just he's so competitive. He's played so well, and they seem relatively lined up in a weak NFC. Forty touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, it's a Bruce Arians offense, and, you know, Jameis Winston had 36 last year, so I get it, but still. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like Aaron, it's like the Aaron Rodgers thing, you know, in terms of retiring or, or wrapping it up anytime soon. You know, there is, yeah, and I, you don't leave. I mean, that situation in Green Bay, you know, how, how many other real quarterbacks – on his level, does does Aaron Rodgers have to worry about in the NFC? No, Colin Calvert making the point that the next yeah. five or six years, Aaron Rodgers will still be at playing at an elite yeah. level, and that yeah. team will still be in the mix. So he's still got you know two or three at least more opportunities to be, if not the number one seed in the NFC playoffs, pretty damn close to it every year. Yeah. Breeze is retiring. Brady yeah. will be forty four. Who knows Wilson. what's happening in Seattle? Yeah, exactly. That's up in the air. Who knows what's going on there? Um, I mean, who else? What are, what other elite quarterbacks are in the NFC? Um, Do we count Matt Ryan? I mean, he's he's really old, and he he doesn't inspire. Yeah. He's sort of a, you know, to me, he's almost kind of a Philip Rivers to some degree. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, although they've, it seems to me, they've been in more playoff games than Philip Rivers had, but. Did you mention Russ? We did. We mentioned the confusion, though, in Seattle. And yeah. 
no one knowing where that's going. Is there is there any disagreement seemingly or some sort of tension between Carroll and he? The offense fell apart the second half. And as good as that Los Angeles Ram defense is, until they can get a more consistent offense, certainly when that offense is 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 working, they're they can beat anybody anywhere. The problem is the inconsistency with that. Are they are they willing to to continue with Jared Goff trying to get him there? Um, I, I don't know. And then say uh, Lenny brings up San Francisco. I, I think you know criticism of Jimmy G may be a little greater than it necessarily needs to be. Um, I think you can, uh, you, as proven, you can get to a championship with Jimmy Garoppolo, but that's not, they're not really when, challenging when, Aaron Rodgers. When you were talking about that earlier, Jimmy Garoppolo had a down season, but I looked at their roster and the, his best weapon in on that offense this season for most of the season was Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. I, so yeah. You they were really, up. I yeah. don't blame him. Yeah, Debo yeah, Samuel was out. Uh, Debo was out, and uh, Kittle was out. Kittle was out. I mean, and, they were they were hurting. Yeah, they, you know, they've got some off, and uh, Mostert was out too, the running back who was yeah. uh, very good. So, and and so was Jimmy. Jimmy was out. I mean, the the one gripe I have about him, if there's a gripe at all, is that he seems he might be a little injury prone. That's the one thing. Sure. He was out two years ago, the entire season, outside of the first three games. His record as a starter, and remember this, he started 32 games. So much less than Sam Darnold, much less now than Josh Allen. Uh, And um, he's 24 and eight. Yeah. So he's a winning quarterback, but he's not obviously elite. Well, and that's the whole thing. But there are many elite quarterbacks. John Elway lost a lot of Super Bowls before he won. And I think we would both agree, certainly that first Super Bowl, they won not because of him, but, you know, despite of him in, in, in some ways. Uh, Peyton Manning is exactly the same way. He might have been the worst player on the field in that Denver uh, Super Bowl victory. Um, you know, well, the Denver one, yeah, and and the Indianapolis one. They played a Rex Grossman led Bears team. Sure, give me a break. sure. So it's you know the the argument that oh wow, just, just, just dissing on Peyton Manning. He didn't come up. He didn't come up big in the in the in the Super Bowl, the Jimmy G stuff, and there were certainly moments in that game where they looked terrific. But yeah, he's not great. Well, you if can, they could have held on, he may yeah. have gotten MVP. Right, right. It's like, you know, people talk about Matt Ryan, time to get rid of him. Well, he didn't give up the, you know, the 28-point lead. I mean, maybe yeah. the problems are elsewhere. Um, that said, no. I mean, Jimmy Jimmy G is one of those guys, though. If you could get a Deshaun Watson upgrade, and I don't think that's going to happen for San Francisco, there are guys you would look at. I don't know about Matt Stafford. He's a really, really yeah. difficult Yes. That's who I wanted to bring up. If he ends up in in Washington, I think there may be talk of him being a an elite quarterback because I think he'll be on a team that's different than what he's on in Detroit. I think definitely in Washington. My question is, you know, and this is this is the interesting here. And here's the hypotheticals I wanted to get into. The musical chairs at quarterback stuff is so much fun. But you look at a guy like Matthew Stafford, who's what, 32, 33 years old at this point in time, I believe. Isn't he older than that? He may be older than he may be older than that. I thought he'd been in the league like 12 years, which would make him like 34 um, but again, he's been in Detroit, so he could have been in the league 52 years and we wouldn't re- or 48 hours and we wouldn't know the difference. Good job. He's 32. He seems a lot older. Yeah, he does. And I think he was kind of young. He came out as a junior and I think he was like a 21 year old junior in, in any case. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Jeff. I think if Matthew Stafford goes to Washington, I would have no problem. I think that would be certainly an upgrade in that situation. 
Mark, San Francisco, if you had a chance to get a Matthew Stafford, I think that's a different question because of where that team is. Because remember, not only are you bringing a, a guy, you may be bringing a guy in that you think, oh, his skill set is, he's a better all-around quarterback. He's a better thrower of the ball, blah, blah, blah. He has to integrate into the offense that you have. And I think anytime you bring in somebody new, Tom Brady notwithstanding, um, there's a learning curve there that helps that sets you back. And we saw that with Tampa early. They didn't look great. I don't like the Matthew Stafford. I mean, if it's Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers, then that's fine. Of course. But Matthew Stafford, I don't think so. And I think the cap hits are about the same. You know, that that's a pretty team-friendly uh contract that jimmy signed actually yeah. when all is said and done their hit i think is 22 million 21 over the next couple of years pretty good that's about average actually that's about middle of the pack these days with, yeah. with nfl quarterbacks so yeah. i like jimmy g a lot he's a winning quarterback yeah you know but yes if there is an upgrade possible of course you go for it i don't believe matthew stafford is enough of an upgrade where right. he certainly would be in Washington, D.C., you know. Yeah, I, and I mean, I think Matthew Stafford would upgrade most teams. I think if you look at the quarterback play, I think there are any number of places where a Matthew Stafford uh, fits in and is, is an upgraded quarterback. Carolina's looking for a quarterback, though. I think Teddy Bridgewater, I think they'd like to get somebody young and have Teddy Bridgewater uh, continue. Uh, they may be looking for a quarterback in New York with the Jets. Who knows? I mean, there are any number of places, but the, yeah, the, I, I do think, Mark, that the Jimmy G question at quarterback is one of the I, I, it's it's one of the possible minefields for the 49ers, because I, I think if you don't know that you can get a a true game changing upgrade, a Deshaun Watson, and I'm not even going to entertain the Aaron Rodgers stuff because it just doesn't make any sense to me, but somebody then you do it. But I don't think you make what would a appear to be a lateral move. Um, I mean, maybe there's a slight upgrade, but if you rank the quarterbacks like last year when Jimmy had a really good year, he had a really good year last sure year. Did, if you yeah. would have ranked him, I'm not sure Matthew Stafford would be that much ahead of him. No, probably you know, not. On a on a good year. The problem with Jimmy Garoppolo is is are you gonna have are you is he gonna good is he gonna be available? Right. I mean right. that's the issue. He was out, I don't know, six, seven, eight games this year. Right. Out an entire season almost two years ago. There's a reason he's only started 32 games, you know, he gets banged up. And is there a way that Kyle Shanahan needs to protect him more? Is some of that, I mean, I'd have to go through and look at all of their film, but is he, is he beaten up because he's taking maybe more holding onto the ball longer than he should taking too many chances that their offense isn't geared towards protecting him as much. But remember, I always go back to uh, uh, Fred Taylor, who was known as fragile Freddie for his first two or three years in the league. He always had an injury and then over his last eight or nine seasons, he was just an Iron Man. So yeah. it, it, it yeah, it's hard. It, it it is though the the Jimmy G question Uh-oh. at quarterback. I don't envy your team there, Mark, because it's you have a good, a a a, 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 a often good quarterback who has a huge winning record, who can't necessarily stay healthy and hasn't yet shown that in the big on the biggest stage he performs at his best. Though he has had good games on the big stage That's as fair. well, so it's That's kind of fair. yeah, it's a little. You're, you've got a mid-level good, and you can win Super Bowls with mid-level good quarterbacks, and you can lose a lot of Super Bowls with superstars: John Elway, Dan Marino. And, and I would say Matthew Stafford hasn't shown. Now he's only played in three playoff games, right? But the Detroit—that means three seasons. Detroit had a chance to move on, but they are Detroit. Yeah. That's true. That is true. But he hasn't necessarily shown that. Uh, who else? Who, who's the other one you compared to Philip Rivers, John? 
the other uh, quarterback who's kind of like a Philip Rivers who I did I I did Matt oh Ryan. I did I did it was Matt Ryan Matt Ryan right who right doesn't who also doesn't hasn't really shown I mean granted they were up twenty eight to three so it wasn't yeah. his fault right he he sh- but when push came to shove mm-hmm. and you needed to keep the ball an extra possession or an extra series. You know, he, he wasn't he able to do that either. And, and you know, I, he lost some champion. He lost a couple championship games as well. He didn't make it 56 to three. Yeah, right. Exactly. exactly. Which is about what would be safe. You know, that's about the safe. If, if the, if the bucks go up to 56 to three at some point, I think they'll win. If All it's right, anything less than that, the Chiefs will come back. Before we get out of here, because I know Mark's on a on, on a hard time uh, issue here, uh, and I have to go. Uh, I had two days where I didn't have to drive to Tampa. It was absolutely glorious. Ooh, nice. I'll be driving now for the football next, days too. I'll be now, uh, yeah, for the next six days. I'll be in, in at Tampa every day, including today. Um, let's just jump onto the Buffalo Bills for a minute because it's just yeah. such a great season. Uh, Josh Allen has just continued to improve. Losing. Championship games like that, though, often leads to a step back. And I can't wait till we have our discussion before next season what the teams in the playoffs, that the 50% who won't be in the playoffs <laughs> next year. That'll be a fun discussion. It's going to be hard in the AFC because I know there are about three, two teams that we thought could have been a playoff team and probably deserve to be. Um, but Buffalo moving forward, um, I think the bottom line that you see for the Buffalo Bills moving forward is they are going to have to establish some sort of running game to add to that offense because their inability to run the football consistently is one of the reasons they were outplayed by Baltimore. Yeah. And yesterday when they did get up and Kansas City started coming back, they just did not have a way to uh, limit Patrick Mahomes' Uh, possessions because they really, really struggle to run the football. I agree. They need uh, they need a good counter offensive strategy to um, rebuff what defenses have figured out. Defenses have figured that out. Yeah. The last six quarters before yesterday's game, Buffalo had only scored two offensive touchdowns. So they're starting to figure it out. They realize the only running game they have is actually Josh Allen. Right. And uh, Dable is, you know, needs to make counter measures now. They need to they need to adjust. Do they have the personnel for it? I think is the question. Do they have the people that can make that work? We'll see. I mean, again, again, you know, even with a late draft pick, you can get a a decent guy back there that can either inflict some punishment or is really quick. Uh, And and if you play the the thing that most teams are playing, which is running back by committee. I'm sure you're able to find someone and they maybe have to adjust the scheme just a little bit, but defense is caught up to Buffalo's offense, which was going unchecked for weeks and weeks and weeks toward the end of the season. I I do think though, that conference championship losers, John aren't as likely to fall off the cliff as much as super bowl losers. True. You know, green Bay was back this year. They lost, you know, Tennessee was right there this year uh, and they lost the game the the year before that it was new Orleans lost that championship game. And you know, they were 13 and three the the next year. I I think, I think maybe not necessarily in uh, their record falling off their record the next year, but some of those teams that'll get there, like the Baltimore's of the world. And then they just struggle to get back. 
uh, to for another chance at that championship. They drop a divisional like the Titans this year, certainly. Um, right, and the and the Saints last year that yeah. who had made the championship game. But it does seem like the Super Bowl loser. You know, the Rams didn't even make the playoffs the following year. The Niners didn't even make the playoffs the following year. It does seem to me that that has more of a hangover, which is ironic because you, you had a more successful season than the championship game loser. Right. But championship game loser seems to have more motivation the following year than the Super Bowl loser seems to be more of a hangover. And then, of course, the exception to that rule, like there is with everything when it comes to Tom Brady, right. is that when when New England would lose the Super Bowl, they'd be back, you know, right. the next year. Or yeah, I, I think, after. though, I do think for Buffalo, though, what it really, really is going to come down to if they want to if they want to take that next step. And certainly, again, I think you made the point, Mahomes and the Chiefs, you know, unless they beat themselves, you weren't going to beat them in that game yesterday. Uh, because, again, they don't have to play they can play, you can play good and lose. They have to play poorly to lose. And you don't get that a lot. Um, it, it, Dude, be, before we go, yeah. do you want to uh, do a quick little urban Meyer? Cause you guys were ready to attack me. Uh, yeah, I, y- have you, you lost your zeal? Well, it's just, I, I don't mean, I don't know how to go beyond you. You, you do you actually believe you actually believe yes. that urban Meyer will have success. And, and where are you setting the bar for success in Jacksonville? They're, they're going to, um, you know, by, by year two, by year three, they're going to be a, a championship contender. Oh. They're, they're not just going to be a playoff contender. They're going to be a, they're, uh, let's put it this way. They will be a contender to go deep into the playoffs in any year. Okay. Following. I- my beef, with Urban Meyer, though, my beef with Urban Meyer, three. though, is that that doesn't even matter. He'll up and quit no matter how good his team is. Yeah, he, he usually waits for them to have success before he up and quits. That's the, that it that is his pattern. Utah was the same way. Yeah, Gators. They, you know, Utah did what they Utah was undefeated. They were undefeated with Alex, with Smith. Alex Smith. Yeah. And so and then and then he wins a championship with the wins two with the Gators. Oh, by the way, and then wins a championship with Ohio State. So. He may win a Super Bowl or he may get to a Super Bowl. Uh, I would not. I, I think everything is in place for Jacksonville to be an exciting, fun team to watch. I'm going to say I don't this. I don't know why everyone's so upset with it. I'm Ur- going to say Ur- this. Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer does not have a fourth opening day with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to say this right now, that he does not have a four. He, he will not have four seasons. If they're going to so, do what you think, Mark, it's going to have to be done by season three because I think they're going to they're not going to have the success. And I think he's going to quit in the middle of the the. He's gonna, they're gonna they're gonna raise that championship that Super Bowl championship banner with the new yeah. head coach. Yeah, I, I, and and I don't know about that. If he wins a Super Bowl, he would probably quit immediately. You're right, but uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I and even if he gets to a Super Bowl, but I think the Jacksonville Jaguars will be ahead of schedule. I think by year three they will be a championship contender. Okay. I do not feel that way at all, though. I do think there is a possibility that if Alex Smith continues in the NFL, that he ends up in Jacksonville uh, backing up and teaching Trevor Lawrence. I would not see that as being and, and I would be certainly as an Alex Smith fan. I don't think anybody can root against him. So if that happens, then I will pull for the Jaguars. But I do. I don't think Urban Meyer will make his fourth opening day for the Jaguars. And I don't think they'll be in the Super Bowl. I don't think he's going to go because they're having success. I think it's going to be completely otherwise. I have no evidence to back that up. It's just the way I feel about things all right and we gotta get out of here i gotta get on the road to tampa uh we will be back uh on wednesday gonna be doing this in the morning again because we've got some scheduling issues 
Uh, but we'll be back Wednesday. We'll go a little bit deeper into this and then maybe delve into some other sporting uh, events. And uh, also just want to talk a little bit next time about this off season and the un um, the fact that we, we, we were in uncharted territory still moving into another NFL off season and how you think that might affect uh, some of the 50% of teams that drop off the table, maybe positively or negatively. We shall see uh, anything else before we get out of here, Mark, you seem like I, you want to say, something. I, I'm a, I, I think I want to make an announcement. I think I want to make a surprise announcement that I've not told any, any uh, Jeff or John. And, and that is a, a week from Wednesday, which will be in the middle of the off week, if you will, uh-huh. between uh, the championship game and the Super Bowl. I would like to attempt uh, the next deep dive. All right, let's do it. What do we do? What do, do we know? What it is? Well, I'm leaning toward 1972. But if you're listening to the podcast, uh, give us an email, podcastafr at gmail.com, podcastafr at gmail.com. I know Lenny was lobbying for 1960. Uh, it could be anything. There, there. It could be. I like seventy-two. Seventy-two has a lot going for it. You know me. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna jump into the Washington football team in seventy-two and all of that sort yeah. of stuff. Oh, yeah. He's in eighties. We talked. About I like that I, a lot. I was leaning towards eighteen twelve. There's a lot going on in eighteen twelve. People don't talk enough about the <laughs> Treaty of Ghent. I'm telling you, doesn't get enough play. That's true. They do. They do not. They, they do not. And play. the uh, the origins. All right. Yeah. So a week uh, from Wednesday, cricket. cricket yeah, that a week from Wednesday, I'd I'd like to I'd like to get back into a deep dive. I'm going to go ahead and, and and make that call. I'm going to go right. ahead and dive in myself, and we know how how much that takes. But uh, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm into it, and it's okay. the off week. It's a, it's the perfect timing. You know what I mean? Sound, sounds like fun. All right, want to get Mark out of here? I know he's got somewhere to go, and I got to get on the road. So for Jeff Taylor, Mark Ferrer, I'm John Pelkey. Thanks again for listening to After Further Review. We'll see you again on Wednesday morning. Bye-bye.